It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to the third chapter of Philippians. Philippians, the third chapter. We'll begin reading there here in just a minute. We're just going to read two little short verses, and that, that's going to be our focus this afternoon. But while you're turning to Philippians and getting ready, or if you've got your electronic device, you're swiping and wiping. But here's what I want to tell you this afternoon. If, if we, or if you, are ever going to get where God wants you or us to be, we're going to have to let go of our past. Now, let, let me start this message this evening by saying this. Every Christian, every one of you in this room this evening has a divine destiny. In other words, God has a plan. God has a purpose for each one of your lives. Now, just because God's got a plan for Curtis doesn't mean just because Christy is his wife that that's his plan for her. She's got a plan and a purpose. He's got a plan and a purpose. Just like Joe, you've got a plan and a purpose. I've got a plan and a purpose. Now, God has given each one of us that plan and that purpose for our lives. And as I usually do, I went to Mr. Webster and I looked up that word destiny. Get the definition of destiny. Mr. Webster defined it this way. As that which is to happen to a person, one's lot, what will become or what has become of a person. Now, now for, for the, the purpose of this message, I want to define divine destiny as everything that God wants for you to be and everything that God wants you to have right now. I'm talking about right now in the present, moving forward into the future. That's what I'm talking about. So I need to tell someone in this room this evening that God really wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. Now as I said, God has got a plan and God has got a purpose that is designed for each one of us. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how good looking you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. God has got a plan. God has got a purpose for you. However, and you knew that was coming, there is something that you must do if you're going to walk in that purpose that God has for you. So here for just a little while this evening, allow me for just a few minutes to share a few things that will help you fulfill your divine destiny, and then I'll be through. And here's the first step. The first step is if you're going to walk in your purpose, 
If you're going to walk in the destiny that God has for you, you're going to have to let go of your past. You're going to have to forget about some things that has happened in your past. Why do you say that, Pastor? This is the reason I say that. Because you will never be able to move forward in your life as long as you're looking back at your past and fretting about something that happened maybe yesterday or or 30 or 40 or 50 or however many years ago. It just does not work that way. You will not be able to look forward until you leave your past behind. Let me show you something. Look in Philippians, the third chapter. Look in verse 13. Y'all there? Amen? Amen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That word apprehended means lay hold of it. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are what? Behind. And reaching forth or forward unto those things which are before. That word before is ahead. I press toward the mark, that word mark is goal, for the prize of the high calling or the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now we're going to talk about some other scriptures, but keep your Bibles open right there. In other words, what Paul is telling us here in these two verses is this. He's saying, I am continuously continuously making an effort to better myself, to reach my goal. He had one goal. He had one focus. So allow me to put this in a young, young kid's language in this day and age. It would be, I am trying to be on my game. I'm trying to do the best I can. I am trying to better myself. What Paul is telling us is that if we're going to walk, walk in, in the purpose that, that we are going to have to forget some stuff. Now, understand when I say that we're going to have to forget some stuff. I, I, I'm not, that's not the absence of memory. Because it doesn't mean that you fail to remember. That's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, unless you're hypnotized or, or you have a brain tumor, no mature person with a human mind can really forget what has happened in the past. And, and, and I don't care. I, I don't care how good it is. I, I don't care how bad it was. Sooner or later, something, someone will trigger you, something will activate you, prompt you, or set it off in your thought, and there it reappears right before your very eyes. Even though you thought you had gotten rid of it, no matter how bad you want to forget someone or something that happened to you because it was horrible, Every now and then, somebody that looks like that person or something that transpires that is going to show up and it's going to bring all of those memories back to life right before your very eyes. It's going to bring those memories from the past back to you. But what is the Bible telling us? What is these two verses telling us? It means when it says, forget those things which are behind you. 
The Bible is telling us to no longer to be influenced by those things. To no longer be affected by the past. In other words, get over it. Get over it. And move forward. Forget about it and move forward. You know, we... we and, and here's the reason why I say that. It simply means to break the power of the past. By, by living for the future. And I don't care how hard you try. You cannot change the past. Why? Because it is buried in the tombs of time. You cannot go back and dig it up and fix it. You can't. But, but you can change the meaning of the past. Look at here. This is what Paul had to say about these two verses. Paul said that it was his goal to be like Christ. It was his goal to know Christ and to be all Christ had in mind for him to be. That goal took all of, of Paul's energy. And, and this is a very helpful example for us. In other words, the reason I say that is we should not let anything take our eyes off of our goal. What is our goal? Knowing Christ. And it's just like an, a, a, an athlete in training. You have to have that single-mindedness, that, that focus... And we must lay aside everything that is harmful and forsake anything that must distract us from being effective Christians. My question to you is this. What is holding you back? What is holding you back? Now, I want you to look at this from Paul's perspective for just a minute. Because if there was anybody in the Bible that would want to forget his past, it would be Paul. Y'all remember Paul before he became, or he was Saul before he became Paul. If you look in the seventh chapter of Acts, I believe it's verse 57, 58, you will see that, that Paul, Saul, held the coat of the men that stoned Stephen. The first martyr. The first Christian martyr. What else did he do? He used to hunt down Christians and murder them. So if there is anybody in the Bible that is a good example of what not to be, it would have been Paul. Before he got to know Christ. Before he was reaching that goal to be uh, the high calling to know God. So, so let me tell you something. You, you, you're probably sitting there, Roy boy, you're looking at me. You're probably sitting there going, well then, Mr. Smart Alec, how do you get rid of the past? Well, you, look what he had to get by. He, he had to get by that. Every one of us in this room, every one of us, has done something in our past that we're completely ashamed of. We don't like. We want to forget it. We want to keep it behind us. But somehow, way, it keeps rearing our ugly head. But, but, but look, we live in the tension of what we used to be and what we, we, we want to become. 
But here's the deal. Because of our hope, like Paul said in those verses, because of our hope is in Christ, we can let go of our past guilt. We can look forward to what God will help us become. In other words, I'm simply telling you, don't dwell on the past. Don't let it affect you. Instead, grow in your knowledge of knowing God and realize that you are forgiven. And goodness gracious sakes alive, live like you're forgiven. How many of y'all remember the story of Joseph? Y'all remember? Oh boy, I'm going to have to preach. You find this in about Genesis 50. 47, 48, 49, somewhere all through there. But you remember Joseph. He had his coat of many colors. And, and, and you remember, and boy, I can relate to jo- Joseph Curtis. I'm the youngest of five boys. I've been knocked around. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. I guarantee you the first thing I learned was you don't fight fair. <laughs> but you remember... They threw him in a well. They sold him into slavery. They took his coat, remember, and they they smeared blood on that coat and they took it and they showed it to his dad and, and they told his dad that he'd been killed. Kind of like Paul, he had a lot of stuff in his background too. But this is what I want you to think about. Later on when Joseph met his brothers again when he was talking to them. He said, I'm not going to allow what has happened in my past to cause me to hate you now. You see, I've gotten over that. And what I'm going to do for you really outweighs what you could have ever done for me. You tried to hurt me, but I'm going to bless you. You tried to tear me down, but I'm going to build you up. You tried to kill me, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you live. Let me ask you something. Is there anybody in here today that has a Joseph kind of spirit? Let me drop this little bombshell on you this evening. Now you're right you curious. What's he going to say now? Talking about your past. God knows every time someone has mistreated you. God knows every time that you have been taken advantage of. God knows every time that you tried to mend a broken heart. God knows when you have been left by yourself. When you have been lied about or lied to or cheated on, or beaten up. God knows. He knows that man in your life that left you with all those kids. He knows that woman in your life that you had that special relationship with that broke your heart. But here's the thing. But God means it for your good. God can take every evil that comes into your life and turn it into something good. What somebody meant for your bad, God means for your good. And that's 
remember Joseph told that to his brothers. He said, what you meant for me as evil, God turned it into something good. My question to you now is this. Do you trust God enough? Are you patient enough with God to allow Him the time to take your bad situations and turn them into something good? Because you see, God is not working on trying to make you happy. God is working in your life trying to fulfill the purposes that He has for you. And then we can recite that Scripture. We find it in Romans 8, 28. For, you, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, to them that are called for God's purposes. But here's the problem. Too many of us are living in the past. Too many of us are shackled by the past. Too many of us are letting what something happened a long time ago come back and keep haunting us. Folks, you can't move forward if you're spending too much of your time looking backwards. No wonder you're stumbling. No wonder you're falling over people. It's because you can't walk forward because you're looking backwards. You ever tried to walk backwards? You think you're good at walking backwards, come to my house and I'll put you in one of my junk piles and we'll see how far it takes you to bust your bobo. It's difficult. You see, God is trying to reveal to you that real love, but you're still stuck on something from the past. God's trying to get you into your new position at your new job, but you're still talking about how you was fired from that previous job unfairly, and you talked about it all the time, how you hated it so much. So what we need to do is tell one another, stop looking back. Turn around. Stop looking back. So I need to tell somebody here today, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need to tell somebody, that you have been waddling around where you are for too long. It's time to turn around. It's time to move forward. You know, that's what God did with the children of Israel. You remember? God, God He brought them out of bondage. He brought them through the wilderness. He brought them to the foot of Mount Sinai. And all He wanted them to do was to stay there and to worship Him for a little while and then move on to the promised land. But you know what they were doing? They were looking back. They were longing. Oh, y'all remember those good fiddles we had in Egypt? Oh, we had all that good food and all this and we had all of that. They were slaves. God wanted them there for a little while. Two years later... Two years later, he comes back on the scene and he says, Hey, get your hiney up and get going. You've been here too long. It's time for you to move where I told you to go. And that's what I want to tell somebody here today. You've been parked in that same spot too long. Time's up. You've been in neutral too long. You've been a spectator 
long enough. It's time to stop whining. It's time to stop crying. We've done enough of that. It's time to get up and move. But I know what you're sitting there thinking, but preacher, oh, it's hot outside. And I'm so tired of it. I just hate it. Well, it won't be long. It'll be colder than a mother-in-law's kiss. And everybody go, oh, it's so cold out here. I just hate it. We're always complaining, ain't we? We always find it convenient to gripe. Get over it. Get past it. And move on. It's time to go. Paul says, what? You got to let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. Let it go. Why is that so important? Because if you don't let it go, the devil will have you spending all your time living under condemnation. And he will be telling you that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough for serving God, to praise God based on your past. God is telling us something here this evening, folks. And that is, He's not looking at where you came from. He's looking at where you're going to. And Paul says it this way. If you look in those verses that we read, he says, I have a resolution, an unwavering, untiring determination to reach my goal. He says, in the realm of the Spirit, all I want to do is reach my goal. And what is his goal? The high calling of God. That was his goal. That was his focus. And folks, I believe if we're going to make it in these times that we are living in, that that we are going to have to let go of the past and press on. Somebody say press. Somebody say press. Press. Somebody say press. Press. How many of y'all remember Lion King? The movie. How many of y'all watched Lion King? That's one of my favorite movies. How many times have I watched it? How many times do I have to watch it? <laughs> but you know who my favorite character was in, in Lion King? Rafiki. The little monkey with the stick. But y'all remember... If y'all haven't watched it, kids, grandkids, y'all got to watch it, man. Classic, one of the greatest movies I feel there ever was. But, but y'all remember after Simba, his daddy had gotten killed, and he took off, and he went out there in the middle of nowhere, and he met old Timon and Pumbaa. And we were living in Akuna Matata. It was kind of like Doris Day. K-sarah, Whatever will be, will be. But you remember Rafiki found him. And you remember he took him to the water. 
And he said, look in the water. And he saw his reflection. And Rafiki drug his hand on that water and made them little waves. And as Osimba was looking at it, he was looking at himself, but he was looking at his dad. And old Rafiki took that stick and he popped him in the head with it. He goes, ow, why'd you do that? And he said, why does it matter? It's in the past. And then Rafiki took that stick and he's going to pop him upside the head again. And this time Simba ducked. He learned from his past, didn't he? And then, what did Rafiki tell him? What did we talk about a while ago? Your destiny? He said, you have a destiny. Back there. You go. In other words, what am I telling you? Press on. Press on. And don't look back. But to press on. How are you going to obtain that goal if you get bogged down in the muck and the mire? You can't. We have to press on. So what is God saying to us when He tells us to press on? He's saying, yeah, you've endured some hard times in your life. We've all been knocked around, banged around, thrown from pillar to scope post. Been scarred. We've had some rough roads along the trail. We've had some dry places in the wilderness. But God says, press on. You remember last week in our sermon, what did God tell, tell the governor, Zerubbabel? I got it right, Sharon. What did He tell Zerubbabel? He said, I will make your mountains, your mountains with what obstacles, anything in your way. He said, I will make it as a plain. So God is telling us, press on. Move on through it. Go on. I'll make your latter days better than your former days. I will send the dew in the morning to your dry places. But there's one condition. And that one condition is you've got to let go of the past. You've got to let it go. You've got to let go of the lies. You've got to let go of the hurts. You've got to let go of the pain. I'm going to say it like this. Looking back over my years, I guess I've shedded some tears. I told myself time and time again, this time I'm going to win. It's another fight. Things ain't right. I'm losing again. I think I better let it go. It looks like another love. TKO. Get up and get out of your past. Because as long as you're holding on to it, you are being held back. And you cannot move forward. So it's time to just let what is in the past simply let go of it and move forward. Reach for that goal. Keep your focus on where your focus needs to be. The high calling of God.
and press on. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You today for this time that we've had to spend in Your Word, Father. Father, I just thank You for the way You take care of us, the way You bless us, the way You help us. Father, we just ask that You will continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. Father, just help us to press on through all the craziness. And as I said a while ago when I was praying, a lot of things going on in this world we just don't understand. And then we sing that song, we'll understand it better by and by. So Father, just help us not to get bogged down. Help us to move forward. Father, we just ask that each time we fail You, that You'll help us get up and just ask for forgiveness. And then press on. Put it in our past. And try harder to do the right thing. Father, I thank You for this church, this church family. I pray Your blessing upon each one here today, Father. And I just ask that we can be effective Christians. That we can be Your ambassadors in this world. Certainly, Father, we pray for those not with us. We pray for all the folks, all the situations we have on our prayer list, Father. And we ask You bless us with some rain that only You can provide. So, Father, just watch over us, guide us, and direct us. And we'll be careful to praise Your holy name and give You all the glory and honor. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.